What I want to talk about tonight is the halakhas which I get leading the Seder or running the Seder. And uh, even though most of us, even if we haven't been in the position before of leading the Seder, have attended enough storim that we know very well what's meant to be done. And if we don't, we have enough agadahs who guide us along every step of the way. And therefore, I think the most important halakhas to talk about are the halakhas of what happens when something goes wrong. In other words, a person makes a mistake, forgets something, and then it's not so well known what, what to do next. Especially this year, we'll see there are a number of uh, points in halacha which which uh, could could be mistaken, and I want to talk about what to do about that. And then Ba'ad afterwards, to talk more about the hashkafic aspect of what's nagir to the mitzvah of the Gadot Labincha, and what points a person should convey if they're trying to teach their children, obviously assuming that the age of the child is still a younger child, and how to make, make the Seder the most positive experience for them. Okay, so the halakhas I want to speak about specifically are being as this night, this time Seder night, the first night, is Matzi Shabbos, so we have a mitzvah of Havdalah. And I want to talk about what happens if a person forgets to make Havdalah, which is possible because it's not something we do every year. The second thing I want to talk about is the mitzvah of Haseva of leaning and the din of when it's to leaning the Chathila for men and for ladies and if a person forgets to lean at different stages what he's meant to do about it. The third thing I want to talk about is what's Nagar for ladies, how much they have to hear of the Seder to be Yetzirah because very often the lady has to deal with children or prepare food or whatever it's going to be, and as a result, they don't have the luxury of sitting at the Seder table the whole way through. So what's the minimum requirements that a lady needs in order to become the mitzvah of the night? And then, after that, we'll talk about when a person forgets to eat afikoyman, which uh, you might think is funny, but it actually happens, and it's actually a whole sim in the Shulchan Aruch. If a person, what happens if a person forgot to eat afikoyman? And lastly, which is also practical, and that is if a person forgot to say, in If you remember, Seder night is also Yom Tif, and therefore, in benching we have to add Yad and it could be that a person will forget, and what, what happens next. Okay, so those are the, that's the first, that's the first part of what I want to speak about, the halachas which apply to Leda Seder, and what to do if a person makes a mistake. Obviously, hopefully this will never happen, and maybe the fact we speak about it will make people remember better what needs to be done, but because this, it's the kind of halakha which, if a person finds himself in that situation and they don't have somebody ready to ask, it takes some time to look up and see what's the right thing to do. Okay, so let's talk about Havdalah first. The din of Havdalah on, on Matzah Shabbos is a din of Yak Nahaz, which means you put the Kiddush and the Havdalah together. That the order is Yain, Kiddush, Ner, Havdalah, man. So you put it all together on the same case, which is the first of the four cases of of sorry, the Arab crisis. Now, the minag normally is that ladies don't make havdalah; they yet with the men. However, in a case like this year, where the havdalah is incorporated into the kiddush, so the ladies should say havdalah as well. Either they should be yotze by listening to the the man say the entire kiddush with all the brachas al shemekoyne, hearing every word and being yotze like that, or in those places where the minag is, everyone says the Kiddush together. So a lady can also say the brachas on Havdalah and the Nera this year because it's part of the case of Kiddush. Now, if a person forgets, if a person forgets to make Havdalah, so now we have a problem. And the problem is because on the one hand, a person is not allowed to eat without hearing Havdalah, without making Havdalah first. On the other hand, to add another kos, we don't do on El Pesach, because adding another kos, it looks like it's being wasted for the which means we have we, we came more than four kosas, which was what Hazal al-Mukhaib has to do. And therefore, and therefore, what are the options available to us? So, before we talk about the Allah of the Mais, I just have to give you a bit of background, the makhlaikas between the Mechaber and the Ramah, when it comes to Arab kosas. The shit of the Mechaber is, that the first kos, when a person has makes a bracha on Kiddush, 
covers the Hagafin covers the second course also. In other words, the person sitting at the same table and intends to drink another cup of wine, and therefore the bracha on the course rishon means that he has das for course shani also. Berkas Hamazin, according to the Shulchan Aruch, will need a new bracha because since he's nasty Berkas Hamazin, so he's ended the meal and therefore he's lost the bracha he had before. And uh, therefore Berkas Hamazin is a new Hagafin, but the bracha of the coast of Berkas Hamazin will, will work for Hadar. Since the person sitting at the same table, he has dies to drink more, therefore the Hagafin will, so to speak, carry the, any future drinking he does in the, same se- in the same session. The Ramah argues, and the Ramah holds, that since each of the four coasts is a different mitzvah, therefore Chazal will attacking that we have to say a different Agafin on every coast. Now, that's the first point, which is an Afkamina, and that is, as we know, as Ashkenazim, every coast we say a separate Agafin. Svarim, the only say Agafin on the coast of Kiddush and the coast of Birkis Muslim. But the second Afkamina, the second Afkamina which comes out of this, is that therefore, whereas according to the Shulchan Aruch, when a person drinks the first cup, he has dice in the second cup also, and by extension, since the halacha is a person is allowed to drink between the first two cups, so that's the case. So the havdalah on koshrishon covers koshrishni as well. the the bracha on koshrishon covers koshrishni also. Whereas according to the Ramah, since a person doesn't intend to cover anything else with the hagafin he's making now in Kiddush, because he's going to make a second bracha on the second kosh. If that's the case, meikar adin. A person is not allowed to drink anything after the Kiddush because he doesn't have dice for the Brach and the Kiddush to cover anything else. And therefore, the Mishnah Bura writes in two or three places, the Mishnah Bura writes that a person should have dice when he makes the Brach of Kiddush, that if he would want to drink something else between now and the second place, the Kiddush is covering it. Because since Halach is Hagofen does cover other drinks, therefore if a person has dice that he wants the Hagofen to cover whatever he's going to drink, after the first course, he's allowed to do that, and then it's not a hasachadas, and he doesn't have to make a new bracha. So, with that introduction, if a person had that in mind, which one person should try to remember to have in mind, that my kagofen in the first course is covering whatever I'm intending to drink afterwards, and then a person realizes right after Kiddush that he forgot to say havdalah, it's not a problem. You can refill the course and make havdalah. And he doesn't have to say another Hagafen, because the Hagafen that he made on the first coast will cover drinking more wine or more grape juice. And therefore, since he's not making a new bracha, it just looks like he's drinking and not adding an extra coast. If a person didn't do that, if a person didn't do that, he didn't have in mind to cover this, any other drinks with the first Hagafen, if that's the case, as Shulchan Aruch says, that he has to wait with Hagafen, with Havdala, until the second coast. When he makes a gofin on the second coast, then he'll add Havdalah to the second coast. Which means even though he's waiting a few hours to say Havdalah, that's okay because the halacha is you're not allowed to eat before Havdalah. And since anyway, a person is not eating during Maggid, and the second coast comes before the matzah and the morrow and whatever else, the rest of the meal, so he can be make Havdalah with the second coast and he's yotzeh with that. If a person remembers after the second coast, during the meal, that he hasn't made Havdalah, so now he has to stop now and make Abdullah. You can't eat without it. Right? And if that's the case, since the halacha is that a person is allowed to drink during the meal, the hagafin of the second coast covers the meal that the person is for sure trains to drink, uh, and that, then he doesn't have to make a new hagafin, so that's okay. He can add hagafin, he can add the coast without a hagafin at any stage he remembers. If he only remembers after he's eaten, so then the coast of Birkasa Mazen, he'll add Abdullah then, and if he only remembers after that, he'll add it into Halakha. Which means the person is mukhif to say Avzala, and we try to avoid him having to make an extra hagafen, and therefore we'll try and incorporate it in one of the hagafens he's going to make anyway. If he doesn't remember until after all four cases, then he doesn't know it anymore. He's going to have to make another hagafen, and he's going to have to be at Avzala. It's not the Chachila, we don't have an option. Now, the only question is, like I said, the problem with Avzala is that a person can't eat before Avzala, and if that's the case, we've covered nearly all the options. If a person remembers right off the coast rishon and he had in mind, and he had in mind to uh, drink more, then he can make a gofen and he can make a vlada right now. If a person remembers in the middle of Maggid, he should wait until the second coast. The only question is going to be, what happens if he remembers before Karpas? Because Karpas is meant to eat something, and uh, he hasn't made a gofen, he hasn't made a vlada, so he's not meant to eat before a So again. 
That's why the Mishaburu says a person should have dice in the first cup to cover anything else the person wants to drink, because that way he could make a dollar now before Karapas, and he wouldn't have to make another Hagopin. Right. There are two other Nafkmins which come out of the Salacha. Both will come up often. And there is a person who wants to elaborate a little bit on Maggit, but his, th- his throat tends to get a bit dry. He wants to have some water to drink. Is the mother to drink water during the Maggit? And the, again, the halacha is yes. It's mother to drink water. It's not a hefsek. The question just is, is that they have to make a brach on the water? And this is the second reason why it's kadai to have in mind when a person makes a goffin that the hagafin should cover other drinks. Because since the hagafin does cover other drinks, if a person has intention for it to do that, then the case of the Kiddush will cover what a person's drinking during Maggit as well. He doesn't have to make another bracha. I'll even venture a bigger Kiddush, which is brought down some on Kiddush, but it's brought down in the post game, and that is a person's allowed to have a cup of coffee also. Now, if it's getting late and a person's tired, he needs some energy to run the Seder. So after Kiddush, a person's allowed to have a cup of coffee. Not only that, he doesn't have to make a bracha on it, because the kois of the Kiddush, the Hagafen, will cover Shara Mashkim, he's had a revise, and if that's the case, as long as a person has dice, he's allowed to drink after the first kois. Now, not eat, that's, obviously a person can't eat, but a person's allowed to drink. Now, one more point, Rav Samaz Amin Orbach always used to have the question, and that is, why don't we say a bracha achrena after the first kois? And why did he have the question? Because when it comes to karpas, the halach is a person should be eating less than a kazais. Why does a person have to eat less than a kazais of karpas? So the poet can say, because if he would eat a kazais, he'd be chayv in bracha achrena. And why does he have to make the bracha achrena? Because even though, what would be a problem with that? Because you want the, the adama that a person is making on the karpas to cover the mar. And why do you want it to cover the mar? Because the mar is a suffix. On the one hand, it's a vegetable, and vegetables should be covered by Hamoitzi, and therefore a person shouldn't make Adama on, on eating Marah. On the other hand, the Marah is now not being eaten as part of the meal. The Marah is being eaten as a mitzvah. If that's the case, it's not Malafat Sisapas. It's not coming as something secondary to the, to the matter. And if that's the case, the person should make Adama on it. So since this is a Sopek, the way we get around the Sopek is we make Adama on the Karpas, we don't make a Bracha Achrayin on the Karpas, and we intend that the bracha of the we made Adam and the Karpas should work until the Mar. Now once again, and if a person did eat a kazais, what does he do now? Should he make a bracha achrayna or not? Then Mashmaz of the Paiskim is, a person should make a bracha achrayna. What's the reason for that? Because the amount of time that there is from the Karpas until a person eats the Mar is normally much more than the shear of Ikul, the time it takes to digest the Karpas. You don't eat that much. And vegetables don't take so long to get digested. And if that's the case, if he doesn't make a bracha achrayna, he's going to lose the bracha. So if Shama Zaman Arbach always used to ask, if that's the case, we should make a bracha achrayna in the Koshishim. Because by the time you get to Koshishani, is a few hours ahead, and for sure a person's digested the first Kos. So if that's the case, and he's going to make anyway make another bracha rishayna on the second Kos, he's going to, as Ashkenazim, we're going to say another Hagafen on the second Kos. And if that's the case, why don't we make a bracha achrayna on Kos Rishon? Now, we don't make it. I'm not I'm suggesting we do something different to the Minag of Yisrael. We don't make a bracha achrayna on the Kos Rishon, but it was something of Shlomo Zalman never had a good answer for. Every year he used to try and think of new ways around the problem. The best answer he had was, a person should drink a little bit during the Seder. Because if that's the case, like always, if a person's not finished eating, you know, every Sabbath he takes a sip, so he keeps the bracha going. He's not giving it enough time in between that there will be a full shir equal, and that's the case, he gets around the problem of bracha achrayna. And therefore, like I said, it's not it's not also, it's maybe even there's a maila in having a sip of water or whatever it is during the maggot. As, and as long as the person had danced to do that, that's mutter. The second maila, the second thing he gains by that is that if a person would forget Havdala, he would be able to do the Havdala right then. He wouldn't have to make a new agafin. Right. Now, as an aside, once you're already talking about Talacha, if a person did make the, did eat too much karapas and makes a bracha achrayna, what does he do when he comes to the morrow? So the minag is not to make another Adama on the morrow. He just is yet to with the din of Al-Akhiras Mara, the Brachas. Right. Next point. The is that a person is M'chuyif Tzilin, at least for the Matzah and for the Arabic races. Not only that, it's brought in the Shulchanarach, that if a person didn't lean for Matzah or for Arabic races, he's not Yetzeh, and therefore he has to do it again. 
Now, again, what are we talking about? And how is he going to do it again? So, what's brought in the Shulchan Aruch is that by the first two cases, if a person forgot to lean, so he has to drink the case again. By the last two cases, he doesn't. Why? Because by the last two cases, we're not allowed to add, we're not allowed to drink more than the two cases that Chazal told us to drink. There are two reasons for that. Either because it looks like he's adding more cases, a person doesn't normally drink after the meal, or because the Yishami, his Choshish is going to get drunk. But uh, the first two cases, he's Mukhiv to drink again. Now, say the Mufashim, this is only according to the Shulchan Aruch. Because according to the Shulchan Aruch, since a person in the first cup has dies for the second cup also, he's not making a new agafen. If that's the case, it'll cover drinking a second time if you forgot to say, if you forgot to lean. It's, now, once he's allowed to drink more, he can drink the coast again, uh, leaning, and he'll rectify the problem. Whereas according to the Ramah, if you're going to make a new bracha on each coast, then if a person didn't intend to drink more after the first coast, and now he realizes he didn't lean, and now he wants to drink another coast, since it wasn't in his mind, he'd have to make a new agafin, which he can't do. We can't add new agafins. And therefore, we'd have a problem. And therefore, this is the second reason why it's a maila to think when a person makes kiddush that I'm intending this kiddush to go on anything I drink from now until the second coast. And then if a person wouldn't lean for the first coast, which again, we want the person to lean. But if he wouldn't, he would be allowed to drink again without a new bracha and he'd be able to rectify the problem. But as everyone... It makes a little bit more lamdish. As everyone knows, there's a Rav Chaim Briska as a Chakira. If the din of Haseva, the din to lean, is a mitzvah in its own right, or the din of Haseva is a prat in the midst of Arbukosis. Which means, is a person not Yotzeh Haseva by not leaning, but he's Yotzeh Arbukosis, or if he didn't lean for Arbukosis, he's not Yotzeh Arbukosis. And uh, the Mashmos of a number of poskim is it's clear to them that the Haseva is a mitzvah in the in the crisis or in the matter, and therefore we're going to see that when it comes to matzah, if a person doesn't lean, and he only remembers later on, the person can bring down that when a person has to eat matzah now, he has to say the bracha of again, which means that it wasn't yoyt to the matzah and just didn't lean. It, he has to he wasn't yoyt to eating matzah. And same with arba crisis, it would seem that the hachra the poskim is that if a person didn't lean for arba crisis, he's not yoyt to arba crisis. So again. If you're going to be in a situation where you can't drink the case again, then there's nothing you can do. But if you, in all, if you can avoid that situation and provide the possibility of re-drinking the case, leaning, that will obviously be the better option. Right. Now, once you're on the topic of Haseva, I just want to digress for a moment because it's something which isn't often understood. Right. So you can, so it's definitely easier to talk like this way when you can see me on the screen. Right. But what I want to say is a lot of people misunderstand what Haseva means. Number one, Haseva doesn't mean tilting your head to the left. That does nothing. Right? Haseva is meant to be your body, not your head. And number two, and the boys can bring down, that Haseva, which just means moving your body to the side, like I'm doing now, but suspending yourself in mid-air somehow, because you're keeping your center of gravity towards the center, isn't Haseva. And it's not more comfortable to eat like that. It's clear from the boys game, Haseva has to be on something. I have to lean on something. I'm not meant to suspend myself in mid-air, even if it's towards the left. And therefore, I have to find the chair, or the, or the armrest of a chair, or a table, or the person next to me, the Gemara says, they will lean on each, other's, on each other. But the idea of Haseva is that I'm resting my weight on something next to me, which is meant to make it more comfortable to eat like that. I don't have to be in a completely horizontal position. Um, even if it's slightly to the, to the side, it's already called Haseva. Like I said, but Tznai, that a person's not suspending himself on nothing, he's leaning on something. And therefore, if nothing else, at least the best answer is, to tilt your chair slightly to the side so that you can use the back of the chair as something to lean on. If a person eats just by tilting their head to the side, that's considered not leaning, and they would have to either drink the coast or eat again. Now this halacha applies to men. The, when it comes to ladies, the Ramah says that the minag, even though the Gemara says that the nashim chashuvos should lean, and the Ramah says, for sure al nashim but the minog was around the raviyah, that the raviyah held that the derech today wasn't to lean, that's not the way we eat. And if that's the case, at least, when a, for somebody who already drank or already ate, we're not going to machayev a lady to eat or drink again because of the raviyah. Now just to explain, the raviyah wasn't talking about ladies. The raviyah was saying altogether there shouldn't be a seva today, because a seva was once a style of how people used to eat when, when, they were, when they were on a certain level of opulence or wealth or importance. 
And today, no one eats like that. And if that's the case, as far as the Rav is, no one should be leaning. And even if you're going to hold up the Rav only in the Bidiyavid case, which means that a person is not to eat or drink again, why is there a chiluk between men and ladies? So the Akhari want to say like this. The Akhari want to say that we, we only allow the Rav for ladies. And the reason for that is, is because by men, the Takana was, everyone has to leave. And then if you're not going to rely on the Svar of the Rav to go against the Takana. Whereas by ladies, even in the Lashon of the Gemara, the Takana only was for those ladies who it was the Minak for them to leave. Lashon Chashubos. Often ladies didn't lean. There were only a small group of ladies, Lashon Chashubos, who would lean. And therefore when Chazal were in the din of leaning for ladies, it was for those ladies who would, who would lean. The derech of them was to lean. For other ladies who wasn't the derech to lean, they didn't have to. And therefore, says the Rav, since today, the Maisa, all ladies are in the category of ladies who don't normally lean. So that's the case. It's not going against the Takanas Chazal. The Takanas Chazal was the lady should lean. Only if they have And therefore, for a lady who's not Chashav, she's not Mechuyiv to lean. For ladies who don't normally lean, they're not Mechuyiv to lean today. And therefore, the Ramaz is happy to rely on, the Ramaz are happy to rely on the Din that if a lady didn't lean, she doesn't have to drink the Kois again. Right. So that's what's Nagaya to, to what the Ramah says. Now, Nechatechila, do ladies lean or not? This means to be Hagim. In those places where the Minag of the ladies is not to lean, that's they have what to rely on, they have the Minag of the Raviyah, like I said. In those places where the ladies do lean, so Nechatechila, they should. But if they didn't, they wouldn't have to repeat the coast. One last thing, Rav Shlomo used to say, if a person is halfway through the coast and they realize he didn't lean, right? He starts drinking and the middle is halfway, I should be leaning. So what's the answer? So now the, the answer is, refill the coast and carry on leaning. It's not considered adding to the coast because I'm still in the middle of drinking the coast. And if that's the case, I can fix it up by drinking Mishir leaning. And if all I have to do is fill up the, a bit more of the coast, then I have a rope coast which I, which I drank while I was leaning and I'll be okay with that. Okay, that's just again if a person forgets, forgets to lean for the first two cases. Like I said, when it comes to the last two cases, so if a person remembers while he was drinking, then he could continue drinking leaning or add a bit more to continue drinking leaning and that would be okay if a person only remembers later on we don't add to the last two cases and therefore a person wouldn't be able to drink more leaning afterwards that's what's going to to leaning now the next set of arbukosis the halacha is that ladies are mechuyev in arbukosis the reason for that chazal say they were also included in the miracle of Yisrael Mitzrayim and since that's the case, therefore the Mechayiv and Arbukosis also. But, this is more, this is more of a Mechayiv than it seems. Because the din of Arbukosis is I can't line up four cups on the table and they drink them one, two, three, four. The din of Arbukosis is they have to be Shoson and Aseida. Which means you have to drink them at the right point in the Haggadah. I can't just drink the Kosis. And if that's the case, the Seder of the Kosis is, there's a Kosin Kiddush, a Kosin Magid, the Kosin Brigas Nawaz, and the Kosin Hala. Which means, that even though Be'atim and ladies not Mechuyiv in Sefer Yisrael Mitzrayim, because it's a Mitzvah Asa Shazman Grama, it's a time-based Mitzvah of telling the story of Sefer Yisrael Mitzrayim and El Pesach, and ladies not Mechuyiv in that, but she's going to be Mechuyiv in Maggid because that's the only way to drink the second coast. The second coast is going on Maggid. Similarly, when it comes to Halal, right? Even if Halal on El Seder is maybe Midr Yisrael and Midr Rabban, then it's a discussion in the Gemara, and either way around, the ladies should not be Mechuyiv in that. But here again, she's going to be Mechuyiv, because she needs to drink the fourth kois ala seder on halal. And therefore, by Chazal being attacked and the layers of Mechuyiv in the Arabic kois, they add some what they've said is that she's Mechuyiv in the whole seder. Right. The matzah she's Mechuyiv anyway, there's a special limit for that. But the rest of the dinim of the seder are all part of the principle of drinking the kois ala seder. And if that's the case, the layers Mechuyiv in Maggit, enough that she can drink the kois in Maggit. The Mishabur already brings this. Mishabur talks about the servant girls who used to work in the kitchen preparing the meal. He says you have to call them to the table for Maggid. At least enough of the Maggid so that they can be here to the second course on that. Okay, so now what's the minimum requirements of Maggid? What's the minimum requirements of Maggid? And this is very legal to Maisib because, again, a lady wants to plan to leave the table to take care of kids, to put them to sleep, or to take care of cooking, whatever the case might be. She has to know what the minimum is. Also, the second point, if she wasn't at the table for that part of the Maggid, She's going to have to make it up by herself. That's the minimum requirement of what a person needs to say by Maggid. So what's the minimum requirement for Maggid? The Mishnah in Psachim gives us three rules, which are the minimum that a person needs to say to be at the Maggid. 
The first one is, it has to be Deyak Shaila Vichova, which means the person needs to ask questions and give answers. And it's not enough just to say a paragraph of Yikam Vichayim. It has to be Deyak Shaila Vichayim. There's a question and an answer. The way we have it in the Haggadah is, is the question, and Avodah Mayinu is the answer. But if a person wants to ask a different question and give a different answer, that's also good. Famously, the Gemara there gives a story of Rav Nachman, who asked his servant, Daroi, if Aden would free his slave and give him a lot of money and, and animals and the chas and everything else, how should the slave respond? And to that, Daroi answered, he should be Mishabach and thank him. He should be very grateful to him. So Rav Nachman says, good, let's go on with the story. We can learn some Einstein. And what's he trying to say with that? Right? Is that you, you don't have to ask the question of Einstein. But you have to ask something. Ask me Derek Shaila Vichova. If you have a chance at the end, we'll explain Hashkaf or why. And therefore, if normally we have, the, the questions are the question of Manishana. Here, if Nachman asked Dara his slave a different question, and the answer to that question was good enough also. So the first Nakuda we need is Shaila Vichova. The second Nakuda we need is Poisman Bagnus, which means we begin talking about the pre Geula period. We begin talking about the stage which was before the Geula, and afterwards we talk about the redemption. We can't go straight to the fact that Hashem took us out. And this we also do not go to twice. Either we start with Avodim Hayinu Leparavim Mitzrayim, Vayetiyeinu Hashem Elekeinu Mishom. So we talk about first the Avdus and then the Chayrus. Or when we talk about this in more detail, is when we say, Mitchila Avda Avodazar Hayav Yisayinu, we start right from the beginning, that Christ for all the idol worshippers, and eventually we get to go through the whole story until we get Vayetiyeinu Hashem Elekeinu Bechazok Vizrayinu Tuf. That's the second point. And the third point, uh, which is an imperative part of Magid, is Rami Gamliel. A person is required to talk about the Pesach Matzah tomorrow, and from then until the end of the Magid, I will talk about. So these are the, the these are the main points of Magid, and therefore, if and the Wadafka placed by the Baal Goda right at the beginning and right at the end. So if a person, for whatever reason, has to makatzer the Magid, one often gets a shayla from people who are going to be with the Chayil in the hospital or for medical staff who are on duty in the emergency room on Nel Pesach, and the land of the liberty or the luxury of having a few hours for the Seder, minimum. What's the minimum a person can say to a Maggit in order to be yotzen to Mukhaim the Mitzvah? The minimum is, Shaila Vichova, Ruchot Manishtana, number one. Number two is, Number three is Ramon Gamliel, the three things a person is meant to remember, Pesach, Matzah, Mara, and then from then until the huddle and the end of the bracha of Magid. Like I said, if a lady can be at the table for that, it's the best. If not, she's going to have to make it up herself. That's the requirements of Magid. The longest in this, Vaz Hashem will have a chance to talk about. Okay, so that's the second point. That's the, the din of what's the minimum requirement of Magid. Now I come to another point. The minimum requirement of one's children. Right? A lady's mechuv in the mitzvah, and this is the ikachiv of the mitzvah. The Mishnah already writes, and he brings it from a number of uh, earlier Achronim, that the Minag was that they used to keep the children awake to sing Manishtana, and after they go to sleep, they've done their job. Right? Says Mishnah you're missing the Ikka. The point of the Mitzvah is the go to the Bincha, it's not what they say, tell you, or they sing Manishtana. The point of the Mitzvah is what you're going to answer them. And if that's the case, you have to keep the child awake long enough to answer the question. And therefore... I'm going to say three things, which maybe uh, until everything I've said is straight out of the post scheme. And then I'm going to say three in the quotas to think about, which is for those of us who have younger children, right? Uh, it's very much the Mesa to think about how to incorporate this in the Seder. Number one, it takes time for the Haggadah to get to the story. You know, there's lots of other points which are digresses to talk about first. About if a person should say it isn't Shrein Belayla. And if, if it's the Chiyavah of his Dafka and the four sons, and all the other things, which is Batim all Hakdam, it's all a preamble. The story starts much later on in the If you have little children who are not going to stay away for so long, so stop and talk to them now. After my understanding, tell them the answer. Tell them the answer, and explain to them what, whatever you want to say to them. We can read the Haggadah later. Right, but if you're going to lose the children, they'll fall asleep, or lose interest by the time you actually get to explain the story. Okay? So that's why the, why does the why does the Bible God have to start in one line? Now. He's gonna talk about this in much more detail later. The answer is that's the answer to the child's question. So yes, we can be married with a disciple, we can go into elaboration and talk on the at great length later. But for the child who just asked the question, we have to be able to answer him. 
And we want to answer him before he loses his concentration or before he goes to sleep. And therefore it's important, right at the beginning, especially the younger children, while they're interested and while we have their attention, now's the time to to now's the time to tell them or talk to them, to feed their darga, right, and explain to them what we want to tell them about Mitzrayim. That's the first point. It doesn't have to be in Lashem HaKadosh. It's brought down from the Hasim Sofa that he used to explain this Haggadah to his daughters when they were small in German. That was the language they spoke at home, from Frankfurt. And same thing is brought down in a number of other places, speaking Spanish or Yiddish or any, anyone based in the country they were from. And that is that the Chiv of Sipur is to tell the story. And if that's the case, to bring it down to the level of the person you're telling the story to, that they should understand the story. There's no problem, stop, like, so to speak, taking time to do that. It's not, no, it's not like it's a half second uh, reading the what's written as in the Haggadah. The younger children are there, but that's, that's your opportunity to talk to them. First point. Second point, and that is in many families, the children come to the side are better prepared than the parents. Right? They've been going to Ghana for two weeks and they've not absolutely everything that the Ghana has written in their, in their books and shown them and they've, uh, all the pictures they've cut in and all the projects they've ready. And it often happens that he was after Seder, the father thinks, you know, I didn't have a chance to do anything. Right? My child was just telling me everything that he knew. And, uh, and except for like, commenting about all the artwork and all the things that they learned about, I think I shouldn't get a chance to tell him anything. And that's a problem. The mitzvah of Sipur is a mitzvah of the father. So, yes, it's true that the children want to participate and show what they know. And a person can make time for that also. But don't forget that your ikachil, as the parent, is your chiyuv to misapir to them. Not just to listen to what they know. And therefore, it takes a little bit of preparation beforehand on the point, from the point of view of the father to think, what am I going to say? Right? And how am I going to make this something which is interesting for my child to hear? Whether it's thinking of a story, whether it's preparing the props, whether it's thinking of the way I'm going to say it over, which catches his interest best on whatever, whichever level he's holding. Fine. Right? It's my job to be able to, not just to listen to what he knows, but to tell him what I want to tell him about the story also. That's the second point. The third point, and that is a, continue, a, a hemshech of the same principle, and that is, we as adults know that you're going to have to wait a long time until we get to eat matzah and everything else. Right? We have to finish the Agada first, and then we have to go through the whole process of the state of the Agada until we get to the matzah. For the little child, who's not going to be up that long. Right? And we've just told him about the story, and he's seen the matzah on the table. There's nothing wrong with giving him a little bit of matzah to eat now. You can be yotzi is with that, in the chiyuv, is chinuch, whatever it is, we can give him matzah already now. We aren't mechuyuv to keep him waiting until everyone else is ready to eat matzah to give him matzah also. And right now, he's not going to be awake that late anyway, and he wants to experience whatever it is. He knows about the matzah, you can see it on the table. There's nothing wrong with giving him a little bit of the matzah now. We've explained what the matzah is. Let him be yotzi with that. Let him be yotzi with that, and okay, if a child's old enough, to participate in the whole Seder and be awake until we get to Moetzi Matzah, that's even better. But if a younger child, well, it's a pity for he should miss out the Pesach experience by going to sleep before we got to anything, and then he never got either the answer to the Manishtana, or the, he never got to taste the Matzah or whatever else is going to be, that he knows is meant to be part and parcel of the Seder. Like I said, that's okay. It's even one of the Shonim on the Gemara, which says, Chait bin Matzah, that we grab matters from the children, so some of the shonis explain we take it away from them until the time of the soda, and some of them say we give it to them so that they'll be able to eat matzah because before they fall asleep. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with, let's say, adapting or at least adding to the soda an explanation to the children on the children's level so they should understand what what the point of the soda is. Now, that's in the case where there are children. In a case, if, you be, if you're going to be at a seder where either the children are too small and they're already asleep, or you're in a seder with the only adults around the table, so yes, we're going to read the Manishtana also. But like I said before, there's a reason why the Haggadah was set up, B'derech Shaila V'chuvah, questions and answers. Like I said, that was one of the three prerequisites for how we Makai Magid. And the reason is, is because it's brought in the Mephashim already, that asking questions draws the person's attention. You want another answer. And therefore, as opposed to just repeating like, the information, which the person could, doesn't have to be as alert for, but when you actually notice something of interest, and you're asking a question, so then it interests you in getting involved in the discussion and coming to find an answer. And if that's the case, I'm not uh, saying that this is Ma'akev, I'm saying it's a Ma'ala. And that is, even if you're going, we, of course, we're going to read the Manishtana. Right? That's part of the Nusach of the Haggadah. 
right? But the uh, if a person can think of a way to make the question, the Seder more, so, so, so to speak, something for even the adults who've been through it many times before, it should be something new for them, something interesting for them, something that they have to think about, and you know, it, 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 it draws everyone's attention, there's a big matter in that. Just like we saw in the Gemara, the Gemara is a number of other people, Mamarayim, who asked questions to the audience around the table, not the Nusaf of the Manishtana, but the idea of the question was to more the interest of the audience, so we should do the same thing. We should think of something new, interesting, whatever it is, which is going to in- interest the people around the table in thinking about the Sismitzrayim to a better level, to a deeper level, whatever it is, because that way, just like Chazal wanted, the idea of Shaila V'chuvah is to involve everybody in the Sipur. It shouldn't just be that they kill it should be a dry repetition of the facts. That's also the reason why it's brought down in the Biskarov, these three points of, which, which identify Magin as being different to Mitzvah of Haskaras Mitzrayim, which we do every night, remembering Mitzrayim, which we do when we say Shema every night. It does not have just to remember the facts, here we want to relive the story. And the way to relive the story is firstly to be involved in it, that's the idea of, the, of asking questions. Secondly, to, to connect to the emotionally, which is why we start from the Gnus. Because it's not just saying what happened afterwards, it's first focusing on what happened before and, and then remember, and then therefore we can see the dramatic and diametric contrast from when we were slaves to when we came out free. And thirdly, the focus on the Pesach, Matzah and Mara as being the symbols which we see in Mitzrayim. Um, and all these three things make the story more real for us. And that brings me to the last point, and that is, and therefore Magid ends with Lefikoch. That's not just a side point. That's the climax of Magid. That's where Magid was meant to be bringing us to, because the point of the Magid was for, in order to, to, so to speak, connect us to Yisus Mitzrayim. Not just that we're remembering something historical. It's much more than that. It's that we're connecting to it, and therefore we feel we're obligated as well to thank the Kodesh Baruch for it. And therefore, the, all the paragraphs after Rabbi Gamliel, until the end of Magid and the Bracha, are all part of the Chiyuv as well. The person of the Chiyuv to add all that into the Magid also, because all of that is part of what the Magid is meant to bring a person to. This is the last point that I wanted to say about the Magid, and that is that uh, the idea of the idea of what the Magid is meant to do is bring a person to what the Magid is meant to do is bring a person to the Hakara. And this answers a question which Ba'atzim, Rabbi Shlomo Zalm used to ask also every single year. And that is, Lechara halachically, the Seder is completely out of order. Why? Because you have a din every Shabbos and every Yom Tavaviyah, and we have a Chiyav of Kiddush Mavak Musudah. And Kiddush Mavak Musudah means, after we make Kiddush, we meant to wash and start Musudah. And if you wake too, too long in the middle, then you lose the Kiddush. And therefore the question always was, when it comes to the Seder, that why are we waiting so long after Kiddush before we get to the Suda? It's a half sick Lechara Des. It's more than Shir Ikkel and it's more than an hour and Lechara Des you're not yet to Kiddush. Why would it be so much more logical to to make Kiddush, wash, eat the matzah, we make a mitzvah deraisa right away and now once we've started the Suda, now we can stop and discuss the Haggadah in as much detail as one wants. Or else it's so much easier, people are hungry. We have to let them already start the soda and let them eat, and then we can, talk, we can bring the whole maggot later. Why does it have to come before? Before, in the sense that that way also is more difficult for people, and also you get closer to Chatzos, which is the Shailah we're going to see about the matter, and also it's much more of a hefsek after the Kiddush. What for? And the answer is the same you said, that the, it doesn't work. The matter has to, the maggot has to be when they're still in front of you, before you ate them. Why? Because since they, part of what contributes to the story is the matzah and the mara, those are the visual aspects, so to speak, which help us relive the story. So once you've already used them and eaten them, they're no longer there to play their part, so to speak, in the Magid. And therefore, it's going to be with the and we're going to have a long half-sick between the Kiddush and the Hamaitin. But the matzah, in order for the Magid to be a Magid, it has to be that the matzah is still Munach Lefanecha. Which is why we're going to wait until after we finish the whole sefer, in order to get to the mitzvahs of matzah and mar. Agav, one more lach on this point. And there is, it happens. Now, the said is long, and people are tired, whatever it is, maybe less this year because it's after Shabbos. But you always get the one or two people who tend to fall asleep during the seder, right? For those parts of the maggid that they have to listen to, you have to wake them up. Or at some stage, you have to wake them up because they're mechuyev to 
everything else in the Seder, so you have to wake them up for the, what, what they need to hear. Is it better for everybody to say the whole Haggadah word for word, or just to be able to the Bar Either one is good. And the Bar Avidash, everyone needs to say the Haggadah, other G'dayim, Hashem Zalman, everyone needs to listen, the people around the to listen and be able to like that. Either one is good. And, and then, but like I said, that's Lechad Chedah. There's a minimum which everyone's B'chuyiv to, which we spoke about. Okay, let's move ahead. That was talking about Magid, and we spoke about the Kosas, and we spoke about Matzah. And let's talk about the person who forgets to lean for the Matzah. It's the same thing. Since Salah is a matzah is meant to be eaten leaning, so therefore a person will have to eat it again. Right? Uh, yes, if a person is eating a second time matzah, he can rely on the smaller share, but the Chari is going to have to eat it again. And uh, obviously the second, second time he should be careful to lean. Now we get to the Afikoman. What's going to be the Allah if a person forgets to eat Afikoman? Which in those family when the children aren't awake anymore is very likely to happen. You know, it's late and it's nearly chatzais and uh, it's, good, it's good moving with the Seder. And people, okay, they finished eating, and what did you do next to bench? And people realize afterwards at some stage that they forgot to eat up your home. So what do you do about that? Now, why this is a problem is, because according to a number of Rishonim, such as Rashi and the Rashbam, the mitzvah of the rice is eating up your home, and not the first matzah. They bring a rice from a Gemara, that a person has to eat the Kazaris matzah b'achroina, that the Ikka mitzvah of the rice is eating up your home. And if that's the case, a person has to, hasn't yet been yet if he hasn't eaten up your and therefore the halacha is that if a person, even if he washed my mechayim or said shiramalus, whatever the case is, and he remembers before benching that he hasn't eaten afikayimun, he should eat afikayimun now. He doesn't have to wash again. As far as that, since he didn't intend to stop the meal with adding afikayimun, he doesn't have to wash again, but he has to stop and eat afikayimun. If the person's already benched, and he then realizes, I forgot to eat afikayimun, so now it depends. If during the meal, at the end of the meal, he ate matzah. It's part of the meal. He ate a gazayis of matzah. He can be ate with that. Not with the matzah he ate before the meal. That Afikayim uh, is coming to replace the korban Pesach, which is eaten at the end of the meal. But so if he happened to have eaten a piece of matzah at the end of the meal stump, and it was a good shmur matzah, then that's fine. He can run with Afikayim. If not, he's going to have to wash again and eat again. He's mechayim Afikayim. What about the, uh, the crisis? And here's always the big question. Because on the one hand, the halacha is, that a person has to wash again. On the other hand, the halacha is that the person is not allowed to add kosis. So what's he going to do in the in Berkus and Mosin the second time round? He says Mishnah Berurah, for us it's not such a problem. Because since by us, uh, we don't always make Berkus and Mosin on the coast. So, okay, so we'll be able to without a coast. We'll make Berkus and Mosin without a coast. So we'll only have four coasts, we'll have the fourth coast. But we have to wash in Yerapikoma. Agav, this halacha is going to apply even later on. Which means even if that person finishes the Seder, goes to sleep, wakes up at 2 or 3 in the morning, and suddenly realizes, I forgot to eat up the so he's going to have to wake up, wash now, and eat it now. Because even though there's one day in the Tanoim, a brother in Azariah, who holds that the has to be eaten before Chatzos, and therefore we try to make sure to eat it before Chatzos, there's a second day of Rabbi Akiva, and that is the person who eats the and told us a shachar. And therefore, if a person hasn't yet eaten the Kaimun, and it's not yet a shachar, he's mechuyiv to do it. And if that's the case, he's going to have to get up and wash now to eat the because that's his chiyuv. Right, and the last point I want to talk about is if a, forget, if a person forgets if a person forgets to say Yad of in Berkus HaMazen, which is a problem. Because the din of Yad of in Berkus HaMazen is every time a person is mechuyiv to eat, he's mechuyiv to say Yad of And if a person doesn't say Yad of he's going to have to repeat the benching. And therefore, if a person forgets to say Yad of in the benching of Pesach, and he only realizes once he's finished benching, he's going to have to bench again. He's going to have to bench again. At any stage he remembers, as long as it hasn't got to the stage of Shiriko, which means the food hasn't been digested yet. But after four kazasim of matzah, it's going to take some time. And I said, any reasonable amount of time after, if the person realizes he forgot to see out of Yavoy, he's going to have to bench again. What about the kos? Is he going to have to bench again on a kos or not? This is a very big machlekes. And it depends on this, and this is really totally on the chakira of Rabbi Kivayge. Rabbi Kivayge is a chakira. If a person leaves at Yad of Yavoy in benching, and he has to bench again, it's just like it's the same question. If a person leaves that Yad of Yavai davening, he has to daven again. Is the pshat that because he has to say Yad of Yavai, and just getting up now and saying Yad of Yavai in the middle of nothing is meaningless, which means he'll have to say benching again in order to say Yad of Yavai, or he'll have to daven again in order to say Yad of Yavai, or is the pshat, he's not yet to davening. The davening on Chalamoy, the Yom Tafresh Chaydish, is Yad of Yavai, and without that he left out for Shmon Esri. He's not yet to Shmon Esri. The Nafkumina of Kivayga has, is let's say, it's, he says, this case, 
and a person davens the first time and he forgets to say Masha Baruch. Okay? So he has to be Shmanesra. So he davens the second time and forgets out of the oven. Um, what does he do now? Is he the third time? So Rekhavaka says, if the Pshat is that without saying what I meant to say, I was not called the Shmanesra, I didn't daven, so I'm going to have to daven the third time. Neither Shmanesra was a valid Shmanesra. But if the Pshat is, I just have to mention everything. So the one time I mentioned the Yadav Yavoy, the other time I mentioned Masha Baruch, so in the Shmona Esra I've mentioned all the things I needed to mention, I won't have to daven the third time. And whether it's Nagea to Asya Bapesa, it's the same thing. Which means, if benching without Yadav Yavoy is not benching, then if that's the case, the, the third coast wasn't, I wasn't Yotze, I didn't bench. And if that's the case, I'm going to have to make a bracha on the coast, and because I, have to, I need a coast and because I wasn't, that's one of my Arab coasts. But, if the third, if perhaps in the benching was benching, just I left it out of the Yavoy, and now I'm benching again just to fill it out of the Yavoy, it means I already have a coast in the benching. So I can't make, a, I can't make a, 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 another break for a golf because it's an extra coast. So what am I meant to do? It's one of those questions where, you know, the lunch of the care of a Kivega comes in the mice and we don't have a clear issue. I can just say in the mice, but if Shem Zalman held was that a person should make a uh, Pirogoff in the second time around the benches, he held that the Mikra did, can he read the first bench is not a benching. Whereas uh, Yashif held that one shouldn't make a Pirogoff in the second time, he held that the Ikka bench, the first time you were here, it's a benching, he didn't say out of the other, in which case you can't say an extra price. But the, each side holds, the other side's not yet. The one whole side holds you not yet, you don't have a third coast, the other one holds you have two five places, and therefore it's very recommended to remember to say the out of the other benching, not, not to get into the topic. Okay, that's the Sphakus I wanted to talk about. Um, we said the Chiyo for ladies is Matzah, the same Shira as men, Mara, just like men, Arabic coasts, just like men, which means they're going to have to say those parts of the Agoda which are Machai of them in the Arabic coasts. And uh, more than that, the rest of the din of Sipur is Namachuyev. If she has to take care of children, she's Namachuyev to be there for the rest of the Maggid, except for the minimum share that we mentioned before. What about children? So we said that the children are Machuyev in, at least, Yimachuyev in the Gantz of the which means to talk to your child, tell them the story on their level, and if they want to eat matzah or whatever it is, and uh, we don't have to wait for them to get there inside, they can eat already now. But there's one last point. Maybe this is just a hargosh or more than an actual chiyuv, but as part of the sipur of Tzitzit right? and that is, it's not just the idea of telling a child a story. We said that already, that the din of the story is through child of each other. Another example of this, we see by the four sons. None of them ask manishtana. The one son asks, Ma edus vachukim mashetziv Hashem lekayin eschem. The other one asks, Ma zoyst. The other one asks, Ma avodah zoyst lechem. But that's also a key of the midst of, of sipur of, of question and answer. Each child, the fear where he's holding, that's the question he's answering, asking, and that's what I have to answer. So again, we're not changing the nusach. I'm not saying people shouldn't say manishtana. But the nukura in effectively transmitting the story is listen to but in the point where your child's coming to ask for. In other words, by him, what interests him about the say what he what does he want to know from it? What is he what can I teach him that he'll learn from it? And I should direct what I'm trying to say in a way where I'm going to teach him the feed the feed where he's holding, the fear where so to speak the question is. If it's if it's on the more it's on the details and the lambdas and the underlying reasons, good. That's what I'm going to have to talk about. And if it's on a simple level of mazos, what are you doing? What's going on? Right? Then that's what I'm going to have to say. And that's mamish. Even though we find this is a general din in chinuch, even more than I say that. When it comes to when it comes to trying to adapt it to the level of the child, it's really the fee what he's asking, or the fee the level he can ask at. That's how I'm going to have to focus the seder on him. Now one last point. If you happen to have a Seder with lots of different age groups, and therefore it's very hard to find, so to speak, one thing which is going to satisfy everybody, the Pasha the way to deal with it is, talk to the youngest children first. The chances are they're not going to, if, if they're going to get lost because you're talking above their level, you're not going to regain their interest, or they'll fall asleep. And therefore start with the youngest first, and then once you've done the job of telling them on their level, you know, people who are older can, can manage to wait longer to until you can address things on a higher le- or a deeper level, but uh, like every other mitzvah, sibutis mitzrayim is a chiyuv on the father, and therefore it's going to take preparation how to plan, how to in advance what you want to say at the seder, how you want to give it over, based on who the audience is going to be, and similarly even if it's an adult audience, the mice this a lot one can learn, gain, understand, and see in depth in 
everything's going to get to the Seder. For the item we heard, spoke about the Eva Vecher this year. For the item we heard last year, we spoke about Shem Shem Shem's understanding on PS and Arizal on the Makas. And it's just a touching surface. There's so much depth and so much to talk about in understanding Mitzrayim. So I don't know, if you're the Baal God, then you, it's your responsibility, so to speak, be in the capacity of the one who's teaching and, be mis- and expressing the story. And they made it, that's what a person has to do. The echo point, I'm going to finish with this, is that the underlying point is that the mitzvah of Sippur is different to the mitzvah of remembering Mitzrayim. We gave the halachic differences. But the Yosoyed Shaboy is that Sippur is meant to bring a person to Hadar. That's why it becomes part of Magid. The, the Mephoshim will ask the question, why do we split Hadar into two? We start off Hadar at the end of Magid, we carry on Hadar later on. Well, well, what do we do? We learn how to make Hefzik in the middle of Hadar. And not only that, that's the reason why we don't make a brach on the Hadar, because we're making a Hefzik. So why make the Hefzik? And the answer to this is, and this is a Chazal, that because the point of Sippur is to bring to the Hadar. And that is if a person, after having gone through the whole Sippur series of Shreim, Anachnu chayovim nohidu sallahadu, we come to that expression, we mechuyev to thank Hashem, so we have to say Hadar. And therefore the bracha on the Hadar, that's, that's what's what's required, that's what naturally comes out of the fact that we, that we've said that Magid. And therefore, that's the way a person has to focus where the Magid's going to bring to. It's going to bring to that recognition and that understanding and that shavach. I want to finish with one last point. The Mephoshim asked the question, why don't we say the bracha of Shalasanism and Avasayin of Yemim Ahim Basman Azeh on Pesach like we do on Hanukkah and Purim? It was a Nisim. So why don't we say the bracha of Shalasanism here too? The answer is the same you said. The answer is, the Torah asks the question. The Torah answers, we say, Gal Yisrael. Except the question is, Hanukkah and Purim, we say the bracha before what we're going to do. We say the bracha before Adlach Asnaris, before reading the Megillah. Over here, we say the bracha of Gal Yisrael at the end of Magid. What's the difference? And the answer is, the bracha here is the result of the Magid. It's not that we, we, we're thanking Hashem with a certain mindset, we're there, we say the bracha to explain what we're doing. Other the thanking Hashem is as a result of the Magid. The whole going through the story and the amount, the amount we've lived, relived it and reenacted it brings us to the point where now we feel we want to thank Hashem. And we marry the bracha of Gal Yisrael, which is a, for the Nisim Hashem did for us, that comes at the end of Magid. That's what Magid is meant to bring us to do. So everybody, that's what we're going to speak about tonight. And to finish by wishing everybody a Chagosh B'Sameach and Mishol B'Mekhaim all the many, many mitzvahs of Dara Sayyid and Mahadrin.